This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Those of you who have joined with us for a special study this Lenten season know that we have been pouring through a little book called Wondrous Encounters. And if there are those of you who would still like to read and study with us but haven't yet gotten the book, there are probably five or six books left in the office and you can come by and pick one up. We would love to have everyone join in this study with us. Today's reading comes from the Sunday reading of uh, Wondrous Encounters. Every Sunday in Lent, whoever is preaching is going to be preaching on the Sunday reading for those 40 days. And then on Monday and Monday morning Bible study, we delve into the Monday reading. And on Tuesday night, right here in this place at 6.30, we pray and think about the Tuesday reading. And on Wednesday, if you want to come back again, we're having Lenten lunches at noon. We talk about Wednesday's reading. And then if you're still ready for some more, you can come on Thursday night and there's a class who looks at at the Thursday reading. So that really means that you're only on your own on Friday and Saturday. And surely you can do that. Um, So we really are hoping that all will come and join us. So today's reading, the second Sunday in Lent's reading um, from Wondrous Encounters, records the disciples' journey up that mountain that I was telling the children about, where they encountered Jesus in a new way. They experience what we call a mountaintop experience. I don't know whether any of you have had one of those. But a mountaintop experience are those times when we leave the cares of the world behind and for a short time we relocate to a place far away or to a quiet place in nature or even to a room in our homes where we can concentrate on and encounter God. It's a place where we come face to face with the roots of our faith and where we can renew our strength and where we can come away then with a sense of renewed purpose to draw closer to God in a deeper relationship with Him. And that's what Richard Rohr calls wondrous encounters, these mountaintop experiences. And Richard Rohr suggests that there are only two moments in our lives that really matter. One is when we're absolutely valuable and alive when we feel valuable and alive, when we get that energy and that purpose and that joy that comes from deeply thinking about our lives and about God. And the other time is when we feel absolutely and totally pointless and empty. And that's where we find our humility. And that's where we find ourselves falling on our knees and beginning to call out to God, God, where are you? Do you know that I'm even here? Who are you? Help me be closer to you. Mountaintop experiences stir up both of those feelings. It's in these moments when we step aside from the cares of the day and seek God's face. Those moments when we confess our emptiness that seek us to lead to our source of faith. Well, on a particular mountaintop the last days Jesus was on earth, he was affirmed as God's beloved son, and the disciples' faith was made whole. So I invite you to travel with me, with Peter and James and John, for just a few minutes to that mountaintop, and let's see what we can learn, what God will reveal to us that will make our faith 
grow stronger and our relationship with him deeper. Our text today is Luke 9, 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was there and while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus' transfiguration story teaches us two things. First of all, it affirms our faith, as it did for Peter, James, and John. You know, faith is a strange gift. You know that Hebrews tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Without faith, the writer of Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would approach God must first believe God exists. It's fitting, isn't it, for those who appeared with Jesus before the disciples were Moses and Elijah? Because Moses was the one who had led the people of Israel through the wilderness and into the promised land, and then the one who received the Ten Commandments from God. And Elijah, the prophet, who spoke against oppression and challenged corruption and foretold the coming of the kingdom of God. So God worked so powerfully through them. But we are inheritors of that same faith. We inherit that same power. We stand in their shadows and on their shoulders. Faith is more than a a vague feeling. It can't be proven, can't be seen. And yet faith makes the difference, doesn't it, in how we experience God and how we share God with others. You will remember that when Paul and Silas were in prison, it was a very difficult time for them. And I don't know if I would have had the faith they did. As a matter of fact, to be honest, I probably would not. But there they were in that dark and dingy prison, chained to the wall, unable to move but a few inches. And yet the Bible tells us that they spent their time praising God in that awful, awful situation. And as a result of that, not only did they gain their freedom, but there was the baptism of one of the jailers and his family, and another whole church in Philippi was established as a result of their faith. And I wonder, do we have that kind of faith? And if not, 
How do we get it? Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians that the more we think about God, the more our faith will grow. And we think about God by praying and reading scripture and learning as much about Jesus as we possibly can, and then by following him. And as we do these things, we cultivate that deeper personal relationship with God. The Holy Spirit begins to transform us more as like the image of God. Prayer grows faith too, doesn't it? Prayer grows faith and seeking a deeper relationship with God through prayer is also essential to our being transformed. I'm sure most of you know by now that we have a very active prayer ministry team in this church. The blue cards that you fill out on Sunday morning and put in the offering plate are accepted by them on Monday morning, and they pray over each and every request. Some of them get together periodically with members of the congregation and work on what we call prayer blankets. They don't require any sewing in case any of you would like to join us in March. But all around the edges, knots are tied. And every time a knot is tied, a prayer is said, not knowing who that blanket will go to, but praying for that person anyway. The prayer team helps lead classes like some of the ones in the uh, Wondrous Encounters. They lead prayer services like the ones we will have tonight. And in the Sunday, and on Sunday morning, between 10.30 and 11, in a prayer room that some of you may have never seen, but it's across the uh, hall in the CLC from the worship area, from 10.30 to 11 every Sunday morning, there is a prayer minister there to pray with you and for you. And so I invite you to take advantage of the opportunities in this wonderful church family to pray and be prayed for. Wouldn't it have been really neat if God had just stopped with his words, this is my son, my beloved son? That would have been so easy for us. It would have been sufficient to assure the disciples that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the one who came to fulfill God's purpose. Wouldn't it have been awesome if Peter had been able to build those tents and just stay there on the mountaintop with Jesus forever? But nope, that was not the end of the story. Because God said, this is my son. Listen to him. Right there on the mountaintop, the place where the earth meets the sky, Jesus' clothes reflected a white so brilliant that it looked like pure light. Moses and Elijah disappeared, and only Jesus remained. Only Jesus remained to take the rap for all our sins, to suffer and die and rise again (coughs) for you and for me. And God's voice shouted from the cloud, Listen to him. One of my favorite writers, Oswald Chamber, writes, Had Jesus gone to heaven at the transfiguration, he would have been nothing more than a glorious figure. But he turned his back on the glory and came down from the mountain to identify himself with fallen humanity. God calls us to do likewise. First Timothy reads, I have received mercy, 
so that in me Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. I don't know about you and the voices that you have heard from God, but sometimes God comes to us in a very still, small voice. And sometimes God comes to us in a, in a persistent nudging with the same message over and over again. That would be the kind that I have received. I'm not a very fast learner. And sometimes when God cannot reach us with a still small voice and he cannot reach us with that persistent nudge, then he comes to us in a loud and thunderous voice from a cloud. And he says in his loudest voice, Listen, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And I wonder, although I know that for many times I have missed the point, I wonder if you have ever missed the point when God speaks to you. And I wonder if perhaps you've been hearing a persistent drone but tried to ignore it. And I'm wondering if maybe it's time for God to shout to you. Be still. Be still and come away for a season. Come to the mountaintop and learn to be transformed through prayer, through fasting from whatever is keeping you from that relationship with your Creator. Listen and see what God is calling you to do when you leave the mountaintop and re-enter his hurting world. When darkness overshadows you, cling to God's mercy. When hopelessness pervades, cling to God's promise. Wait and listen for Jesus to appear in all his radiant glory and place yourself in his loving care. Amen.